0: It's not last, it's not surpassed. It used to be a newspaper. The Buff Podcast. Not outclassed, once on masse. Get it on lunch, everyone to the end of the game. The Buff Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Buff Podcast. My name's Mark Iles, and I'm the chief football writer of the Bolton News. It's playoff second leg time and we've launched a day early, so grab yourself a brew, stop watching the clock and get ready for some Wanderers waffle. Charlton will take the free kick.
1: In towards Goodley Burbson. It might come here for Ricardo Gardner. Out as far as Farrelly. Throw a crowd at him.
0: Gareth Farrelly for Bolton Wanderers. And introducing the man who will be co piloting today's podcast. And legend has it, a man who once recommended Gregor Raziak to Gary Megson as a replacement for Nicholas Anelka. And also used to flog Milky Ways to Mario Jardel on the sly. It's Henry Hewitt. Hi, Mark.
1: Uh, yeah, not my proudest moments, either of them. Um, but I believe that Raziak would have been a, a, a 50 goal a season. He would have been our Haaland.
0: It just. It's never worked out for him. Nobody has ever mentioned Gregor Raziak and Erlen Haaland in the same sentence until now. (laughs) Agent Hewitt, if you want a man to blame, blame him. He will also be to blame if Bolton don't win in the playoff semi-final second leg as well, by the way. And he's freely (laughs) happy. He's freely happy to take all your abuse on Twitter throughout the summer. He told me that just a couple of moments ago off air.
1: Yes, I definitely said that. That is something that I, I...
0: I mean, are you trying to deflect it away from you? Because you will get some grief if they lose. 100%. 100%. There's nothing <laughs> nothing truer. They say the only thing, certain things are death and taxes. I think it was Benjamin Franklin. Or oh, Israeli. It's, it's definitely a Benjamin. But anyway, <laughs> the other certain thing is <laughs> that somewhere along the line, it will be the local press's fault if Bolton don't get through to the playoff, uh, playoff final on Friday night, but let's keep it upbeat, because I think, I honestly do, I've got a good feeling about it, I really do have a good feeling about it, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping that that uh, translates into the next hour or so of podcast, um, well really, normally we'd, we'd bring in a load of headlines, and we talk about a week that was at Wanderers, and there's loads of different things, and loads of different strands to pull on, but it's been completely about the playoff, so we'll talk about the first leg, 1-1, at the University of Bolton Stadium on Saturday. And I think what has been generally regarded as a pretty vanilla Bolton performance, but but it's still one one.
1: Yes, it is. And we're still in it. And it's I think I was thinking this on the way out of the game the other day and I thought, is it better for Bolton that it is a draw? Because if we would have been two one up, then you're going into that game and you, you maybe your mentality changes, maybe you've you've got in the back of your head, or we we can't concede you know, like, mm. now it's just, it's a cup final, essentially, before a cup final, and um, I think going off the Plymouth game, I think that may be where we're better off. Um, okay, it's not going to be the same as the Plymouth game, because our crowd is, you know, a, a tenth of theirs, but I, I think it could be better for us that we just go in and knowing that you get a result, you go through. I mean, do you, do you agree with
0: that, or is that me clutching at straws a bit? No, I think I think there's something to that. I think there is something to that because I think it's widely accepted now. We know if if teams come in and they are harder to break down, or they sit deliberately deep, or they deliberately uh, suffocate Bolton, that they can struggle. And that happened a little bit, I think, on Saturday. That Barnsley, not it wasn't their primary objective. Because they got plenty of shots off in goal, and you know Trafford had to work hard. He made some cracking saves they were they weren't uh, you know parking the bus by any stretch of the imagination but certainly in the midfield areas their primary objective was to spoil and was to frustrate and to close down and and it was it was a game plan that worked really well for them i think that's worked as well picking off the vibes of the players that were spoken to afterwards and and the manager that was spoken to afterwards from barnsley it worked perfectly. And so that that is possibly as good as their game plan is going to be. Now, they may well decide to do exactly the same thing because they nearly won that game. They may decide to do exactly the same thing at home. And that would be my great worry is that Barnsley don't come out their shells a little bit more, don't react to the fact that they've got fans around them and, and maybe attack that a little bit more because that is where Bolton will be able to exploit if they do leave gaps in behind them, if they do leave a bit more space for your Aaron Morley or your Josh Sheen to get on the ball and to, to create. Um, it, it, feel, it felt a little strangling on Saturday and I think in a cup final, in a typical cup final where it's one game and you know you've got to attack to be able to win the game, I would fancy Bolton. I just wonder whether or not uh, Barnsley are going to try and bleep house their way through it. I get that feeling
1: from them. I mean, to be fair to Barnsley, of course, they. I think back to their game against Sheffield Wednesday, they've had big games at home, especially in the second half of the season, probably since they played us, and have done quite well. So they um, they know how to play at Oakwell, they know how to frustrate. It would have been very interesting to see what would have happened in the game we played them at, if uh, their centre half hadn't been sent off, mm. um, would they have, have been doing that, or would they have, have played differently? You don't know, so we'll see tomorrow. And um, I, I, this is the thing because there's though no, Barnsley don't have anything to defend either because there's no away goals, so it is a, a straight shootout. So um, you know if they are going to try and for straight Bolton, they need to do it with. Uh, attacking as well, and with score because they've got a score as well. So I think it'll be a tight game. Still, I don't see us or them winning three Um And I think, I think for me, Barnsley are favourites because they're at home. Um, you know, and I, I actually am quite relaxed about that. And I think that if we, I think the pressures, I think the pressures off Bolton anyway. I was thinking the other day that. If you look at the other teams in the playoffs, you've got Barnsley and Peterborough, who were in the Championship last year, and Sheffield Wednesday, who were desperate to get out of the league. So I think the Bolton have the least pressure on them anyway. So if we can go into the play into this game with that attitude, and that's that's where I've got, you know, that's the attitude I've got. If we lose, then you know what? We're on a journey, and I think we will give it a good crack next year. Whereas, you know, you look at some of the other teams and maybe they they need to go up more. I don't know. That Maybe that's me trying to trying
0: to relax everyone, but that's how I honestly feel. No, honestly, it was weird you bring that up. I was making some notes this morning on a piece I was going to write on on how little pressure it does feel Bolton are under. I don't think that the fan base... Uh, look, there's always expectation on Bolton to be at the top end of this division, but I don't think when you look at the reaction... That Sheffield Wednesday fans had to that four nil defeat last weekend, that is real. That's 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 unnecessary pressure. The fact they're even talking about sacking Darren Moore after he just got ninety six points in the season, absolutely mm-hmm. ridiculous. So, or even you look at Sunderland and Tony Mowbray. If you go up a level, you know, these I don't think there is anything like that sort of. I think. There is pressure on Ian Everett to make sure they're going to be at that level again. But I think a lot of people will see it, even if they lost on Friday night, as, as right, well, look, yes, we're a bit disappointed, especially if you don't play as well as you think you can on the night. But I think there has been an evolution still in terms of from last season to this. Now, how do you break through and make sure you're in the top? I think that will be the pressure that's that's put on Ian Everett and the team for next season, and they've got to handle that. But I don't think there's anything that's riding on the outcome of Bolton getting promoted this season. Um, with the exception of, hey, yeah, there's an extra seven million quid up for grabs if, uh, if if they go up. So I think with that in mind, I think it is easy to go there and just go and really attack and, and try and play your game. I don't see any reason for, for massive nerves at all, really. Um, we... we I thought the midfield was the area that that most got affected by Barnsley's game plan, wasn't it? I don't think we saw anything like enough from from Sheehan, from from Morley, and from Kyle Dempsey as well. Who, who I, I was looking at Kyle Dempsey beforehand, and I thought, well, oh, this is this is his time to shine because he played really really well at Oakwell uh, early in the season in January. It really Bolton need him if if they're going to be at it. I think on on Friday night.
1: Yeah, um, you know, I, I, I mean, we don't know the. We'll talk about this later on, but um, apparently, there's two players injured. We don't know who they are, exactly. so maybe we could talk about the midfield and, um, and then it, it, the midfield changed by two players. We don't know, but yeah, I think the midfield is a a, a big area. They've got some good players. Say what you want about Luke Connell, he's a good player, and actually, yeah. it's yeah. a shame. It's a shame watching him now thinking that if the situation would have been different at Bolton then he he could have been playing for us in this match and have had, you know, nearly two hundred games by now for us. But um but yeah they're you know they're a good team and I think what I I found that us and Barnsley are very similar in terms of quality. I don't think there's much between us and it is the fine margins and that is in, in midfield. So um, yeah they they will try and frustrate they've, they've, they've done that in each game that they've played against us this year um and and yeah it's uh you know we, we need to win our battles we need to get win the second balls and we need to you know really because I think what Barnsley did well on on Saturday and that midfield helped a lot too it was quieting the crowd down a little bit after mm. the, the first 10 minutes you know I watched the game back and um you know in the first five minutes obviously, you know, and then Bradley. I think Bradley got a foul in the uh, uh, the corner. Just a few for a corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah just a few. But um, he, uh, the crowd were up and excited, and then after ten minutes, probably after Charles's miss, the crowd quietened a little bit, and I think Barnsley did very well to do that. So obviously Bolton need to do that on on Friday.
0: I think the Bradley thing is an interesting one because they clattered him three times in the first ten minutes. No yellow cards given. I think two of them were from Cadden. The other one, I think, was Kane. Uh, mm. Clearly, they identified him very early on as being a, a danger. Didn't have a lot of influence after that, so maybe you could say Barnsley did a good job there. They did find a way in the end, and it was weirdly enough, it was Randell Williams who there was a guy stood about twenty-five yards from me in the press box who every time he got the ball stood up and he's oh. Rah, 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 rah. I won't say exactly what he said, but he was not very complimentary about his skill set. Um, and then he disappeared uh, towards the end of the game as as Randall Williams, he completely just disappeared uh, once Randall had of the game. And by the end of it, of course, not only did he create the goal for Charles, but he uh, he, he looked the most dangerous and the most likely to sort of get in behind Barnsley. And, and that's it's very rare for Bolton because I think they've relied so heavily on Bradley that often the left-hand side gets a little bit ignored. It's been a bit up and down. We've never really known where everybody stands in the pecking order on that side, have we? So it, it would be good if we could see both wings becoming that sort of threat. Uh, but, you know, obviously time is, is relatively short with Bradley anyway, so Friday night's a big one.
1: Yeah, it is. And uh, I, I think it's, it's interesting you say that about Williams because I uh, Williams, for me... Has shown in the last few games that I can see why we've brought him in. I think before that, and I, I don't, you know, I don't want to be harsh to the guy, but I, I did look and think, uh, you know, it, it was the better options. Mm. You know, he, he he gave us that long throw in his first game, and he, we haven't even really utilized that either at any points. So um, I was questioning it a little bit, but I think in the last few games he's found his feet. He's he's. I can see why we've brought him in. He's going to be someone who who gets to the byline and and drills it in and crosses it in. And yeah, you know, I can understand the fans' frustrations because out of ten crosses, there were like five or six that that were were poor. Mm. But you know, we've got a goal from it, and if he can make an assist every game, I'd take him having six or seven bad crosses to get us a goal. Uh, And I'm sure that that ratio will come down as he's um you know as he is is he gets used to to playing with the players he's playing with so i can see why um why we've brought him in and and yeah when you've got Charles in the box who's uh you know he's he's always trying to get space who's always his first thought is to score then even if it, and do you know what was funny? was I, I remembered a quote from Ian Everett when Charles wasn't scoring. Didn't he say he needed one to off his nutsack?
0: <laughs> yes, that's very true. And it finally did.
1: It did. It, you know, Ian Everett, Nostradamus, it happened um, <laughs> in, in the playoffs.
0: Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it, it, it didn't occur to me until I saw the replay and he basically guided it in. Fair players. It's very dexterous. <laughs> very dexterous indeed. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it, the one thing I will, just just going back to, to Randell and this left-hand side, the one thing I will say about that is Conor Bradley is, is brilliant, without question. Very, very talented player and he's going to go far. But he has got Declan, sorry, Declan, he's got uh, in Jones and he's got or Owen or, or Toll, who played on that right-hand side. And both those players show a kind of willingness to get forward. They do support well. There's been a good combination there, and I think that does help Bradley. Now, on the left-hand side, George Johnson has been an outstanding defender without question, and hes I've said it many times on here that he's a massive asset for Bolton. I think he's going to be a fantastic player. But he's not that that kind of rampaging, push-forward Get up in support type in the same way he's getting better at it, but I think would be it Declan or be it Randell they don't have that same partnership to fall back on, or maybe that same experience maybe even to draw back on and, and for positioning yeah. so I think potentially that's something that's an area that Bolton have got to improve on next season, especially if they are at this level that they they need the kind of the alternative. Uh, the alternative wing to go to anyway. Um, right, let's move this on apace. Uh, and just, just in case anybody was wondering, I do have I do have emails that often wonder these things. Um, an anagram of last minute Morley winner is entertain Willie Summoner. So anyway, oh. this is a special edition of Playoff Headlines. <laughs> Yes, every week Henry mines the uh, Bolton Wanderers headlines in the Bolton News. This week it hasn't really been that difficult a job, has it, Henry? Because we've only been talking about one thing.
1: We have, yeah, and that is the uh, the first leg and the second leg. So we will go through headlines, um, you know, regarding that. I mean, that is all that is on anyone's minds at the moment, and we well, let's hope that. Let's hope it's a happy ending to uh, to this week. Um, but it's not a happy ending for two of the players. We mentioned this before. There's two players who will be missing against Barnsley on Friday. Now, Ian Evert's keeping his cards close to his chest. Do you have any hints at who it may be? Or has he, has he managed to even out for you?
0: Uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, there's, there's also the school of thought. It could be mind games, of course. It could be the... <laughs> He's not beyond it, is he? Let's face it, we have seen a couple of uh, curveballs thrown and uh, miraculous recoveries um, You look. Know, I think if if you were looking at the game on Saturday you look at the players that came off, potentially um, which was the front two, Kachunga and uh, Charles and there was one other as well, wasn't there? I think it was in midfield um, Sheehan Sheehan Well, it can't be Sheehan because I spoke to Josh Sheehan on on Wednesday afternoon. He's perfectly fine. He's quite looking forward to the game. So I'm ruling him out as a possibility. Um, The other other one that you may look at there is is Ricardo Santos. He's obviously coming back from an injury. He was feeling... It looked like he was feeling a bit of a a pain when he was at um, Bristol Rovers when he played that 45 minutes. I'm only speculating. I don't know for certain. But either way... I will say that we we spoke to Ian Everts, did our very, very best to get any sort of clue out of it, and one of the things he did say is, it's not going to affect my team. It doesn't affect my thinking, doesn't affect the game plan. So, you know, whether or not that is somebody who was going to be on the bench, whether it was a change he was going to make anyway, who knows? We'll only really know um, in the fullness of time, and I'm sure it's something we'll discuss over the weekend, uh, depending on the results, but... The 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 issue is they've got a they've got a squad for a reason. I think if it is a defensive one, MJ has done a terrific job. Drop him in there, no problem. You've also got the the wild cards of of people like Jack Iredale that can be back into, um, into prominence. Yeah, up front, you've got uh, John Daddy budvarson who. You know, bad touch aside, whilst he's having a kick, kick about with the uh, the young lad in the car park, um, he's he's saying he's ready to play, which would be an amazing story if he managed to, to come back and do something. Particularly as he scored twice against Barnsley already this season. Uh, there, there's there's options all over the place, and Kieran Lee, of course, uh, didn't play at the weekend, and didn't start at the weekend. And so I think in a game like this, would I put Kieran Lee in there? Yes, I would. That'd be my as long as he was fit enough. But there's options. There's options everywhere. And that is the good thing about having a squad that's that's majority, with the exception of Gethin, of course, fit.
1: Yeah, well, Kieran Lee was um I think I said at the time, I think he was one of my man in the matches when we played at Oakwell. Um I thought he controlled midfield very well. So um, I, I would think that, you know, like you said, if he's fit, he should play. And I think his calm head could uh, help us out with it. Um, yeah, it's, um, you know, if, if there's two injuries, you hope it is mind games or you hope it is uh, replaceable players. I think, um, you know, if it was, say, Santos, yes, he is. we've seen he is actually replaceable for the odd game. But, you know, I think his calm head... Um, and his uh, experience could help us out in this game so you hope that he's fit mm. um, you know so yeah you uh, yeah it's going to be it'll be interesting that lineup would be interesting um, I think we've got the squad for it not to be an issue so hopefully it isn't and hopefully uh, it, any players that are
0: injured will be back for the, the final Record without Santos is excellent though it really is I, 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 it is, I, yeah. I have to go back and check my numbers again but They've they've lost. I remember them losing. Was it Shrewsbury away in, uh, in yeah. December that really snowy day? And um, asking a lot of questions at the time about whether or not the fact that his aerial presence had been missed, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then all of a sudden, Will Ameson just came to the fore, and it was it was a completely different team. Uh, MJ Williams again a couple of weeks back when when Rico uh, injured himself at Wembley, MJ came in, and they were a different team. And I think. For for whatever reason, they, they managed to cope. So if, if that is, and again I'm totally speculating here, but if that is the case, then I don't think he would be the biggest worry in the world in the in the short term. No,
1: me neither. Um we'd mentioned it before, our next headline is about Connor Bradley. Um we'll, just let us go through it again. I mean, has he been do you reckon he is targeted? Because he is one of the better players in the league. Every time we're on Sky, they always mention him and say how good he is. Um, you know, I've been to watch matches with a few people this season who aren't Bolton fans who um, point out and said, that is a he's a really good player. So do you think he is targeted? He could, could, we, could we protect him a bit more or, or can you see that he, he kind of flourishes under that?
0: Well, I think they've got to find a way... They've got to find a way of getting him into the game more. I think he was he was alright at the weekend. He did okay. He kept on going. His energy is fantastic. He never he never stops, no matter whether he's getting kicked to death or not. He's been fouled more times than anybody else in a in a Bolton shirt this season. He's in the top ten of the most fouled players full stop. Um which for a, a, a right back, for a right wing back is is quite something. So I do think he gets targeted, yes. And I don't think he gets protected at all from the referees either, if I'm being brutally honest. I do think that referees allow teams to put a couple of challenges on him early on and and have that as a freebie. Um, It's not 1985. Um, You know, Vinnie Jones isn't allowed to rattle into Steve McMahon in the first few minutes of uh, of an FA Cup final and just give him a leveler. It's, you know, the game's moved on a bit. I think if something is a yellow card in the first five minutes, it should be a yellow card in the... You know the eighty-fifth minute, rather, it should be in the in the first five minutes. So I do think there has been a, a few occasions that that teams have targeted him, and tried to rough him up. He does always bounce back, but I think it's just human nature, isn't it? You you can only get kicked so many times, and you lose a l- little bit of things. And I think if you look at the the Bolton's attacking over the course of the season, a lot of it has come from that right hand side, a lot of involvements in a uh, 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 Bradleys. So. If I were Barnsley, that's what I'd be doing. I'm not, I'm not going to blame him for it because it's exactly what I'd be doing. But Bolton have got to find a way of getting around it.
1: Do you think? Um, I mean, I don't. I don't really know any player in particular. Maybe Connell, perhaps. But um, do you think Bolton should be doing this sort of stuff ourselves, or do you think because we don't seem to have that in us, we don't seem to have the dark arts in, in us? Really. Um, I mean, I look back to. It was in the this just in the second half, wasn't it? When Connell needed to change his boots, and suddenly the goalie it it broke a fingernail, so went down injured. Um, so he could change his boots. You know, do you think that, especially in going into the match on Friday, do you think Bolton need that bit in them, or or would it just distract from what we're trying to do anyway?
0: Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I think you can. I think they've they've got a couple of players that can do that sort of thing uh, but I do think it is a bit of a distraction. I think if that's if your modus operandi is to spoil primarily and look for set pieces and look for long throws and such like that's great there's no problem. I think Bolton rightly or wrongly go go about it as in we 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 want to pass you to death basically. Um so I don't I don't think that stopping the game and you know uh, uh, and doing that sort of thing would necessarily help their overall strategy. There probably are occasions where you'd like to have you know a, a rattler in midfield, and I think MJ Williams would be the, the the guy you'd point to as as being one capable of doing that job. I think Kyle Dempsey goes about it in a slightly different way. He's you know all action, he gets his challenges in and, and gets about the place, but I don't think you'd ever accuse him of being a you know, a nasty player in any way, shape or form. But I think he does a decent job of that. I think that's as close as Bolton have had. So yeah, I, I don't think they could in this, in this scenario, if that's the way they evolve, if that's the way to go up, if that's the way to, to tackle league one football, then maybe that's something to think about in the future. If things don't go according to plan on Friday, but um, I don't think I'd like to see it. I don't, I don't think they've got enough towels. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, Lofty's, uh, I think Lofty's still got one so uh, maybe he could lend us um, or maybe we can nip to Dunelm and get some, not red towels but sort of white and blue towels
0: There's no question in my mind that Lofty dried his knackers with a red Barnsley towel on Saturday night, put it that way
1: <laughs> um, Right, next headline and uh, Ian Everett's been doing a Mikael Alteta hopefully it's not failing at the, the last hurdle um, <laughs> but uh, it's uh, He's been, um, while the players have been training at the, the stadium, he's been getting them to uh, play some boo sound effects, uh, you know, over the Tannoy. Mm. Um, I mean, do you think this sort of stuff can can work?
0: Oh, uh, Do I think it can work? I mean, I, t- I don't think it's going to win you the game, but the managers, they all love talking about this marginal gains and 1% and... I think they all do it to a certain degree. I don't think anybody just goes out there and just does your, your, your standard training drills anymore. I think everybody's looking to, to be a little bit clever in, in, in the way that they go about it. Um, I, I love the idea of of, uh, of Ducky standing up on the gantry and, and shouting <laughs> Yorkshire obscenities down at the players as they're trying to take penalties or whatever it might be. Uh, that would be marvellous. But look... They they are going to have a hostile atmosphere on Friday night. There's no question about that. They, it's not going to be a comfortable environment for them. If they thought there were a few towels knocking about on Saturday, it's going to be like you know the Hilton um, behind the the hoardings uh, at Oakwell. There's going to be stacks and stacks and stacks of them with people replenishing them every five minutes. So, yeah, I think it's it's going to be it's going to be a tough one for them. If they are in any way, shape, or form, readier because they've played in, with a bit of uh, with the crowd music, whoever it might be, then all the better. Um, hmm. But you know, I, every look managers try all sorts of of nonsense, don't they? In the hope that it gets, and, and it's only when it works does it get louded. A lot of experiments fall by the wayside when they don't work.
1: Yeah, uh, well, I mean, the players if they've been training in a stadium. Um, I because Barnsley were having uh, I think two halves of two stands closed mm. uh, for their sell out fixture on Friday. <laughs> uh, I guess they can get used to having seeing empty empty seats. But um yeah, it's uh, you know, it's fine margins, isn't it? And that's what um that's what Ian Everett is is yeah, he, I think he, he looks at the likes of Pep and Arteta and he, he tries to take stuff from what they're doing and um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if it would just work out or not. It's uh, yeah, you, you know, it's, it's one of those things where if it does work, then great, and you'll say afterwards, Oh, that worked and that helped us, but if it doesn't, then uh, I, yeah, I, it's it's just it's a good headline. I'll give you that, Mark. It's it's good for uh, it's good for you, it, an article for you. He's helped you
0: out, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I mean, Arteta did You'll Never Walk Alone, um. Because they were playing against Liverpool, didn't he? He piped out, you'll never walk alone whilst the Arsenal players were, were training. Um, what what do Barnsley run out to? Is it fanfare for the common man? I can't remember. It's Emerson, Lake and Palmer rings a bell.
1: I think they just play Kez. So. <laughs> just,
0: yeah. just have Brian Glover just ripping into a, a young kid um yeah okay yeah to,
1: uh, uh, is it? i think it's sports report so they <laughs> i think they just run out to that um <laughs> so maybe maybe he's been showing that and uh maybe he's put, been putting that on the big screen Kes, right like, so he, he can get used to the accent yeah Any, anything um happen. right ne- next headline uh james trafford now we you know in all the excitement of saturday uh, it was nice to see James Trafford and Conor Bradley have just a moment for themselves, just to thank the fans after the game. Um, you know, and you know we don't want to think about it, but Friday could be James Trafford's last game for Bolton Wanderers. Um, this week, obviously, with Vincent company being seen at the match, although yeah. the rumours are that uh, he's off to Burnley. City are going to be selling him for fifteen million. Um, that's roughly, I think, it's roughly about what they sold the lad who was at Portsmouth on loan last year yeah, to, yeah. Uh, yeah, to Southampton. So do you think that's a, a fair valuation? Do you think you should maybe stick a
0: decimal point in the middle of that and, and offer him to Bolton instead? <laughs> It'd be lovely, wouldn't it? I think, in all fairness, I think they still struggle. Um, but, <laughs> look, I mean, Trafford is worth as much. I think he's as good as in my opinion, from from how he was last summer, how he'd played for Portsmouth that season on loan. I don't see any difference whatsoever. I think even Trafford might be marginally better, in my opinion. So, yeah, the valuation doesn't surprise me any. It wouldn't surprise me at all if, if Burnley are interested. We know there was a little bit of um, potential when company was over at Anderlecht. Saw a couple of stories linking Anderlecht with a with a move for him so obviously he's somebody he rates or he knows of potentially assuming there was something in that story of course um but traff wanted to stay here city wanted him to stay at bolton uh, last season and he's done terrifically well he's come on leaps and bounds he's going to have a big summer he's he's going to be in the shop window potentially but there's nothing saying, of course, that he, he isn't going to go back to City and, and actually do something there. I I, I just I just hope his, his career progresses. I I all all I really want for him is that, whenever his Bolton journey is over, and I hope he's got a couple more games uh, left uh, that uh, that he goes on and he he makes the makes something of himself. And I, I'm sure he can be a Premier League keeper. He's been a joy to a joy to work with. Walked into the press room on uh, Saturday evening with his entourage. All his all his mates sat at the back giggling, um, and uh, and and gave us uh, gave us another couple of choice quotes talking about his semi beard and uh, <laughs> being a a long streaky boy when he turned up, and now he's a long streaky man. But um, yeah, you wouldn't change him for the world. He's he's mad as a box of frogs, but we do love Trav.
1: Yeah, uh, we, I mean we we spoke loads about him and about how Bolton are going to have to. Um, Replace him and Conor Bradley. Um, I mean, do you think that you know? Uh, there's been so much talk with Bolton fans over are we ready to get promoted? Um, when you bear in mind that James Trafford won't be here next year, and same with Conor Bradley. Do you think there's a there's an argument for that? And saying, well, if we have to replace them in the Championship, it, it'll be a lot harder to replace them in League One. Do we kind of need a season with? maybe two players that are our own in those positions and then get promoted? Or uh, should we just take advantage of having Trafford and Bradley with us now and get promoted with them?
0: Well, uh, I think we've, we've talked about it a few times about the, the, the relative merits of, of promotion and whether or not it's too soon or, or what have you. Ultimately, if you get the chance, you've got to go for it, haven't you? It's the, it's the only way. Um, you're going to have to find solutions, but there are definite. Definite problems for Ian Everett, regardless of whether they go up or or stay stay put. Uh, He said the other week, didn't he, that a replacement for James Trafford won't necessarily be a loan market. It, It doesn't need to be the next generation of Manchester City or Liverpool or United players that we're looking at, and that's obviously where they're going to come from. They will have their feelers out, and obviously they've got a good reputation now for that sort of thing. But I think that, for me, my personal feeling is I'd like to have a goalkeeper that belongs to Bolton that can kind of have a long term view on that one because of all the goal of all the positions that's the one that I'd like to to have nailed down but that's just my my thought um you know they've done terrifically well with Trafford so yeah it's it's not going to be a simple one we're gonna be we're gonna be talking about this a lot lot more Henry let's not waste the gold now.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's save it for, uh, hopefully, not next week, but in two weeks when we're doing our end of season <laughs> review. Um, let's go back to the Barnsley game on Friday. Josh Sheehan, you said before, has been speaking to you and he quite fancies a penalty shootout. I think it will be a tight game. I think penalties could come into it. And if anyone's forgot, we do have recent history of beating Barnsley in a penalty shootout. So maybe that could go in our favour.
0: Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that, Henry. It's uh, strange, actually. Only only one person in the press room seemed to remember that yesterday. And and I even remembered that the guy that I was talking to had scored the winning bloody penalty. Um, yeah, it was Josh, yes. Josh Sheehan knocked knocked together the, the winning penalty. So we were talking to exactly the right man on that. Uh, Joel Dixon had, had saved the one before, if you remember, from Devante Cole, who will also be playing probably on Friday night. So there's a bit of backstory there, and it's an interesting one. But Bolton's penalty record isn't great, historically. They had the first one in 1983 against Chester City, a game that they'd managed to squander. I think it was a 3-0 lead. Chester came back to 3-0. It went to penalties, and Chester won on penalties. Couldn't have gone any worse at the start. They won a couple prior to the Millennium um, one against Bruce Riox Norwich, if memory serves. And then after that, we don't need to talk about the FA Cup semi-final. We know all about that one. Uh, after that, there's been a couple of wins. Not many. Not many. Beat Southampton once in the in the League Cup. Um, and then beat Barnsley. So I think of overall, I think they've had 12 and they've won four. So, But none of the previous ones matter. The only one that actually really does, could matter, is the one that Josh Sheehan scored the winner at, by, against Barnsley. Yeah. I think that might just play in everybody's minds if it goes that far. So, yeah, I, I here we go. I'll ask you the question then. ask you a question. Who are your five first penalty takers? Assuming you can pick whichever team you like, whoever, whoever you want is on the pitch, who are your five?
1: Mm. Uh, well, you got to go Charles first. I know he missed his last one, but I think he's, you know, he's... Well, he scored one earlier in the season, didn't he, against Barnsley? So you'd have to have Charles.
0: He'll score his nuts.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, he'll, <laughs> yeah. It, that's how he'll score the penalty. It'll be a. It will roll very slowly into the goal, but like, like um, Croke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, who else would they have to take one? Uh, I, I'd have Sheehan. He's You know, take yeah. one. Um, maybe you'd need like a Kieran Lee. Although Kieran Lee did miss against Wigan in a penalty shootout, so maybe not Kieran Lee. Um, you've got to look at your strikers. I think Adibio he fancied taking one, didn't he? Where yes. he tried to take it off Charles, so I, he's confident, so I'd have him. Who um, yeah, would whatever. I mean, Kachunga took one against that in Barnsley, if my memory serves me right, yeah. in that penalty shootout, and he was a good pen, so maybe Kachunga. Um and Morley of course scored on the he scored our first goal of the season with a penalty. So that'd probably be my five.
0: Without doubt. Yeah, I think I think you've got you've got my five. I think if Shoratier were on the pitch as well that he would put his hand up, I think he's that confident in his ability with that sort of thing. Uh I think Kyle Dempsey also would I think he's mm. the type of character that would put his hand up and say I'll take one. Um I don't think they'd be lacking in, in volunteers. There's not many that would be hiding away. I don't think if Rico Santos were on there, I don't think Rico would necessarily be the first uh, to put his hand up. Um, nor do I think Jono necessarily George Johnson. I think I think probably he'd let everybody else go first. Uh, same with maybe Declan John or or Randall Williams. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think the, I think your five there. I take that, but I from from my point of view i hope it doesn't go to penalties because it's a horrible way to lose for either team uh i think i I would much prefer if Bolton were going to lose to go out in 90 minutes and and vice versa if they're going to win do it in 90 minutes because for your whole season to boil down to five penalties is a rough thing indeed
1: (laughs) well yeah um and there's only one rougher place that you can lose on penalties and that is Wembley, and that is what a, a generation of Bolton fans have experienced before with that Villa defeat. But we won't talk about that.
0: <laughs> no, no, let's, let's just move swiftly on. Okay, well the mail has been building up over the past couple of weeks, and we skipped the mailbag altogether last week. So we've got to rattle few a few emails. Take it away, Phil. Is that Philip Moraish? Okie dokie. I've just, whilst uh, Henry's been talking, been copying across these emails that I completely forgot to do beforehand. So the first one is from Tim. Dear Mark and Henry, great to hear your podcast every week here in the New Forest. Having watched the first leg, whilst I'd be disappointed if we do not go up, I will not be too sad either. The thing is, I don't think we look like a championship team, but Barnsley did. I don't know if that's due to our physical size of players compared to Barnsley or due to their more Route 1 football. Also, it may be better to be a winning League One side compared with a struggling champion side for his supporters. Having said that, I hope we're wrong. We make it up and strengthen the team further," says Tim. Um, do you... there's an interesting one. It is an interesting one because Bolton are winning more than they're losing at the minute. They have done pretty much since they came to League One, and for the, certainly every every season under Everett. Would you prefer to be? A team that wins more than it loses has this kind of feel good factor more often than not albeit at high level and not necessarily have that
1: uh it's a good question i'd I'd say that watching Bolton at the moment now i've been watching Bolton uh, since the mid to late nineties so that's twenty nearly thirty years now um and this is probably apart from the big sam days this is probably my most favourite time watching bolton uh, the most enjoyable time watching bolton so in answer i can understand why that question's been asked because yeah it's great at the moment we're winning more than what we lose um as we discussed before there isn't as much pressure on i mean there's always pressure on and there's always when we lose there's always a meltdown but um, I don't think there's there's as much pressure. No one's saying we need to get promoted. Um, so it is very enjoyable. So, yeah, if we got promoted and suddenly started losing every week, would we be getting 20-odd thousand attendances? Possibly not. Um, but then you look at the likes of Coventry and think, well, mm. they've had a similar journey to what Bolton have had. And now they're in the playoff final. So it can be done. I think their recruitment has been brilliant, and a budget would would probably be similar to Bolton's. Um, you know, not necessarily as we speak, but maybe them coming into the championship had a similar budget to what Bolton would have had would have going into mm. the championship. So it can be done, and I think if you do it right, and then you you have the feel good factor, and then get to the playoff final in in the championship, then I think Bolton would be getting. Full houses. We'd be getting twenty eight thousand every week because that feel good factor will be there. So I guess you can only answer that if you had uh, a you know a, a a crystal ball to look into. But um, I think I think personally, we've got another. If we don't get promoted, we've got another year in League One. The pressure will be on next year because everyone will just think, right. Well, we got to the playoffs last year. we have got to get promoted this year. Of course, Ipswich have gone. Plymouth have gone. There'll be uh, one of probably Peterborough... Well, it will be Peterborough or Barnsley gone. So, there's less congestion up at the top, I think. So, the pressure will be on next year. So, I think this feel-good factor will last one more year and then after that, it will be the sort of, come on, we need to get out of this league now. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I think... I can see why they've said that. As you said before, if you get a chance to get promoted, get promoted. But I... I always thought we needed three years in League One. So, there's a part of me that... I think that's why I'm so relaxed. There's a part of me that thinks, if we don't get promoted, we've got this again next year. And I think we will do well next year. So, there's that excitement. But then, if you don't, you're suddenly, like Portsmouth are finding, you're getting stuck in League One. And suddenly, it's there's a lot of negativity about. So, um, if you said to me, if you, if you offered me, right, you don't go up this year, but you win the league next year, I'd probably take that. If you say, you don't go up this year, which is going to take you another five years, I, I definitely wouldn't, because I think the fans will get bored of it.
0: I agree. I agree. I think the other thing you've got to factor into is the financial side of things. And whilst we, we're aware now, of obviously, Football Ventures have launched a bond scheme and they're looking to raise X, Y, Z, and... That seems to be what they're going to concentrate the the short term. They've they've said they'll be funding the club as normal, etc. Nothing's a bottomless pit. Nothing's a bottomless pit. And and at this level of football, you are only going to make X money. So I think it's all finite. I think, as you say, I, I would agree that Bolton would have another year of grace at this level. Uh, certainly this year, and, and for next year, it would be a case of, right, well, now let's see about automatics. Let's see, you know, let's let's get this job done. After that, I think patients would be tested slightly. That's, that's my opinion. Others may vary. But financially, of course, you know, the whole business plan might shape differently because I seem to remember Ian Everett saying earlier this season about we said to Sharon three years, and we'll be in the championship. Now, obviously, that's not going to be the case if they don't go up this season. Everybody's got a business plan. You have to cut your cloth accordingly, and I think that under this ownership, Bolton will do. But you will see concessions with that. You won't see necessarily the, you know, the the money investment in the squad that we have seen. Um, you'll have to scale down if that's the case, and and I think that will be the case with. I would like to think Sheffield Wednesday. I'm sure they can't spend as big as they have done again this season. Um, I think you saw that with Wigan. You've seen the way that their ownership has has gone up and realised that they've set completely the wrong budget. So I'm interested to see how they tackle next season as well now that they've been relegated. So everybody is is starting to find their range now financially and Bolton are in a good strong position at the minute. So whether it be this year, whether it be next year, I think they're in a good position. Um, but I wouldn't pass up the opportunity if it came along to me in the slightest, because seven million pounds instantly on sponsorship and revenues and all that sort of stuff and, and prize money isn't to be sniffed at in the slightest. And and you've seen with Luton, you saw with Coventry, you don't have to have a, a gigantic budget. You just have to be really good at recruitment, and and that you know isn't necessarily um, an impossible thing for Bolton to do. Um, but we will move on to another email that was a good talking point thank you very much Tim enjoyed that one Um, this one's this one's a bit more niche Um, we'll see what you say about this one Uh, this one's from Luke it's fair to say one year has been too soon to judge the B team but there haven't really been any players you'd look at and label them as a squad player for next year do you think there's a better chance next season of seeing a player promoted to the first team squad and would it be a problem if there wasn't also, do you think our successful loans with the City and Liverpool might lead to any academy graduates who didn't receive deals coming over and joining the B team, or even our first team? Always a pleasure, says Luke. So, two questions in one there, really, but I think it all melts, melts into one for me, and that's recruitment for the B team this season. I think it was very, very quickly put together. It felt rushed, Um they probably would argue against that, and and I think there have been a couple of semi-success stories. Comben has been good. Connor Carty, of course, scored his goal at Tranmere. We've seen flickers from from other players that suggest they might be okay. Maybe not the progression for others. I think Max Conway. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing more of him. I'm hoping he can progress as a left back. Uh, Sam Inwood as well as a lot of people talking about him as being a a very uh, decent player. Luke Hutchinson similar. So. It's been a bit of a, a bit higgledy piggledy possibly at that level. What's what's your opinion, Henry, as somebody who's obviously are not watching the B team but you you you're hearing about it. What do you feel about it at the minute?
1: Um yeah, it's I mean I only get updates on social media. I go on Twitter randomly on a weekday and see that the the B team have played. Um you know, so I can't really comment on specific players, but I think the aim it was always going to be difficult for players to break in uh you know this season anyway because we got a whole host of players last year last summer where and I think we said at the time realistically you're bringing in whatever it was like sixteen seventeen even more players, and they're not all going to be they're not all going to be good players so well sorry i I don't mean good players I mean they're all good players but I mean like they're not all going to suit. Bolton Wanderers. So, I think it's going to take a few years. Anyway, there's been one or two on the bench, one or two who have played in the the Papa John's here and there. Um, Obviously, Conor Carty is the main one who we've seen and and he's scored and he's been out on loan at places this year. Is he going to have another season next year where he's out on loan? But He's been at Ireland, is not he, this time? So, maybe... Yeah, so maybe it'll be oh, you can have a loan for a season in the national league, like Adam Senior's done, or um, you know, or uh, League Two. So um, I think Ian Everett will have a few players who will he'll he'll have on his list of these could be ready. You know, let's have them in for pre-season with the first team, but I think it could yet be another year until we see any of them and as well you've got to think that if Bolton are progressing up the leagues like the the players they brought in last summer they might have looked and they might have this they is might it. have looked at them and gone they they could work well eventually in league 1 suddenly you get up to the championship and you are like oh, actually i don't think these players are going to suit the championship so you have got to do it all again
0: yeah this is it and and the the, the evolution of the first team unfortunately it takes precedent for for starters, of course, you, you you need to make sure that's pushing ahead as much as you can do. But I think it's harder, I think, for the B team and for the, the youth team and the academy to produce players on a consistent basis to catch up with a team that's that's progressing at the rate that Bolton's first team are doing. It's not easy at all. I think you often find that when a team isn't doing so well at first team level, that you drop down, like Luca Cannell for example, when Bolton was struggling in that championship he came up, and he was one of the better players. In fairness, he was he was as good a midfielder as Bolton had at the time, and he was what seventeen years old. Uh, but the reason was that the team wasn't going anywhere; it was stagnant. It was it was it was struggling. Um, we saw obviously when they dropped down and the whole Junior Whites movement and all that kind of thing, players getting their chance maybe ahead of time, and that does happen. And so I, I don't think you should ever expect this huge sudden. I mean the golden generations type of thing come through. It, it very rarely happens. It very rarely happens. Um, so Bolton, I've just got to keep on plugging away and, and keep on doing the best for the players. I think this summer's recruitment should be more structured and planned. And I agree with what you're saying there about uh, academic graduates who haven't uh, made it at big clubs, especially Northwest clubs. I think Bolton should be all over that. There's loads of exit trials, loads of uh, things planned for the summer. So there'll be lots and lots of, for them to try and pick up on and try and get some of those unpolished gems that is definitely where I see Bolton's B team profiting in the future picking up those players that have not made the grade at the Premier League and maybe still have something to something to prove um so i think that's where i'd be focusing my my and and the whole the whole system as well that the fixtures it was it's it's all been it's been better than it was the year before but still not perfect. So I think, again, hopefully next season, the Central League, the friendlies they've got planned, everything will be more stable and, you know, more more organised and planned. So hopefully that will benefit. Uh, I hope that answers the question, Luke. Um, again, thank you very much for getting in touch. Um, if you do want to get in touch and you want your question answered in such a meticulous fashion, then here's how to do it. So you want to bring something up on the buff. Email Mark and Henry on the buffmail at gmail.com That's T-H-E-B-U-F-F-M-A-I-L All one word at gmail.com And sorry to the mail escort who probably getting some unsolicited Bolton Wanderers correspondence from the people who spell that incorrectly. Right, I promised last week that we would check in on the Fantasy League once again and I am a man of my word. fantasy league, not where me and Henry uh, are occupying in the lower reaches of mid-table, but the top five is absolutely smoking at the moment number one, Regan Riley by one single point from Liam McNeil and Alfie Hinton Could not be tighter. Fourth, and this is only 10 points back, eminently catchable, is William Aspinall. And fifth, 17 points behind him, still in the race, Matt Irvin. Really is all to play for. I think there's three or four game weeks left. I mean, I'm on the beach already, Henry. I don't know about you. Have you got your flip-flops on?
1: Yeah, I targeted 2,000 points and I've got them. So I don't know why I two thousand five 2,000 points. No, that's, so that that's typically survival
0: gonna... for fantasy football, isn't it? If you get to 2,000 points, yeah, I think there was only uh, only the the famous case of West Ham um, in 2006 uh, <laughs> that went down on 2,000 points.
1: Yes, of course. Um, so yeah, I've I've yeah, I'm on the beach as well. Um, I, I used forgot to use my triple captain when Haaland had a double game week, so I used it the week after, and that was when. Uh, City played Leeds and he gave up that penalty and they missed it so uh, I thought well that sums up my season
0: I have had an absolute mare honestly and I, I don't know that I talked about it at length at the very start but I thought I knew how to play this game I have done not bad in the last few years, not bad at all uh, but for some reason my skills have completely deserted me I couldn't pick my nose this season hey ho, it's always next season, I'm safe <laughs> I'm safe. Uh, It's a rebuilding year uh, for Quixotic Hebertude. Right, it's time for the crunch. Let's talk Barnsley. Let's talk second leg. Let's have some predictions. Pass us me crystal ball. What's happening next week?
1: Prediction time.
0: Right, Henry. This is is the crunch. This is the crunch. 2,000 fans heading to Oakwell. They want to hear why Bolton Wanderers can still win this. What have you got to tell them?
1: Well, of course we can still win it. We're, we're massive. We're the best team in the league. Uh, you know, we've we've been to Oakwell. We've won 3-0 before. And uh, we can do it again. I think the pressure's all on Barnsley. So let's go and enjoy ourselves. If it doesn't go according to plan, it'll probably be a refereeing decision or uh, Barnsley cheating the way to winning. So we'll get the moral victory anyway. Um, but no, I think uh, I, I think yeah, pressure's off. Let's just enjoy. It's our first playoff run for a while. I think next season, uh, if we don't get promoted, that's where the, the pressure's on them. But this year, um, you know, I think yeah, I think you know what? Let's just go support the lads. It's uh, it is what it is. I won't be there, so I'll be there in spirit. Um, couldn't get a ticket. And then before we changed the second leg, I agreed to go out on Friday into Manchester. Didn't then rearrange it, so I'm going to be after. I'm going to watch it in a pub in Manchester. Um, so yeah, I'll be there in spirit. But um, but no, the Bolton have some of the loudest fans in the league. So I know there's been a lot said about whose fans were louder on Saturday, which is ridiculous because. I set him in off stand lower and I couldn't hear these fans, <laughs> for all the Bolton fans. Um, but uh, yeah, it's yeah. I think we I think we can win. You know, I, I think there's there's nothing to be afraid of. I think it's a one off game and I think that's where Bolton could flourish. We've seen it before, so I think yeah, let's let's go for it.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm I am confident. I don't know it's confidence or just quite relaxed for everything we've talked about already on this pod just I I feel like it's there for them to go and win there's there's a little bit of pressure off I don't know that I want an early goal because we talked about Barnsley's record falling behind is is appalling or does it suit Bolton if they were to drag it out into extra time with the, the possession football knackering Barnsley out does that give them a better advantage either way I think it works for Bolton. The only way I see Barnsley winning this is by either hitting them really hard early on and and Bolton leaking a couple of goals from set plays or mistakes, or conversely, them holding on and frustrating them. They're the two 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 ways I can only see Barnsley winning it. Bolton, it's winning at either end of the game for me. So it's a fascinating one. I'm really looking forward to it. I, I rarely look forward to these things because it's work. And by the way, if you'd like to swap a, a place in the press box for going out, I'll even sit with your mates in the Manchester. I'm happy to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more than happy. But uh, uh, you know, hey, I, I'm I'd be happy as well. But I, as, as much as I'm sure my wife would enjoy to spend
1: the evening with you, Mark, I think she'd rather it be me. So uh, <laughs> I'll watch you on the telly. I
0: will. Uh, I will accept that criticism. That's not a problem. Um, so I mean, <laughs> give me, give me a, give me a score. Put put your Dion Charles's on the line and give me a score.
1: Oh.
0: You know what? I think if you look at if you look at our predictions over the year, uh, over the
1: season, we probably get it wrong more than we get it right. So in you that case, wrong. I yeah, I um, you know, I, I you know, I I do feel that it is Barnsley's to lose. I mean, they are favourites. They're a good team. Um, I can see it being a close one, and uh, I can see us being a bit. Um, I can see something happening in the game where it leaves us with a bit of a bad taste. I don't think it's on Barry Knight's scale, but I can see it being a. Uh, it was not getting a penalty or a dodgy penalty to them or something. So uh, I think that it will be a. It'll be a close game. I think it'll be one 0 They'll they'll get a goal from somewhere and. Uh, they'll go through, or it'll be on penalties or something, so I'm going to go 1-0, second uh, is a, a 1-1 draw, and then it goes to penalties, but I I unfortunately see Barnsley going through, but
0: hopefully I'm wrong. Well, it has been known, Henry, you have been wrong once or twice on this plot <laughs> before now. Um, I'm going to say Bolton win on pens. Bolton win on pens, and the winning penalty is scored by Elias Kachunga. There we go. Oh, What a what a time to be alive that will be.
1: Redemption again for Elias Kachunga.
0: But can I tell you what my my dream result would be? Nil nil, one hundred and nineteenth minute. Aaron Morley loops in a free kick towards the far post. Up, rises like a salmon, the substitute who's only been on the pitch for a few minutes, Yon Daddy Bavarson. Yes, and, and the 2,000 fans rise in unison for the thunderclap. <laughs> yeah, that would be great.
1: Alternatively, he gets a header at the far post, goes across the goal, hits Luke Connell on the head and goes in. <laughs> OG, L. <laughs> Connell, 119th minute. Uh, no, I uh, I think, to be fair, I think Luca O'Connell's had his stick. I think uh, to, he, he, he kind of clapped the fans after the game the other day. Yeah. I, I don't he's a on the pitch he's a bit of a he's a bit of a Josh Vella he, but I think he's uh, I think deep down I actually think he appreciates what Bolton did for him. So uh but that wouldn't that wouldn't stop me from enjoying a, an own goal from him.
0: <laughs> well we talked about midfield enforcers. Let's put it this way, if he would say, Listen, I, I fancy playing for Bolton next season, can you hook me up? I would be passing on a number. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. hey, uh, right, we're going to finish on um, on something different. We're going to finish on something different. So it's playoff playoff fever this week. Um, we've talked a lot about playoffs, but how much do we know about the playoffs? So I'm going to rattle off 10 questions on Bolton Wanderers and the playoffs. Connect- well, connected with Baltimore Wanderers and so the playoffs. Okay, now I'm going to read the 10 questions out. And let you guys play along at home. So that Henry isn't going to answer the questions now. But. If you do want to hear what he said. If you want to hear his answers. And how spectacularly wrong he probably is going to be. Then. Wait until after the music's finished. Because I'm going to play them after the end credits. So to speak. So you've got two options. Either you stop at the music. Play along along yourself. Uh, I won't ruin it for you. Or you fast forward to the end listen to listen to henry getting them spectacularly wrong and we'll say goodbye twice so here are the 10 questions on our playoff quiz number 1 who are the only team the wanderers have ever beaten in the playoff semi-final first leg number 2 Glen Burville scored the winning goal for which club that relegated Bolton into Division 4 for the first time in their history in 1987. Number 3 Which two players scored for Wanderers in extra time when they beat Reading at Wembley in the 1995 playoff final? Number 4 Which country did Bruce Rioch take his squad to before the 1995 final for, and this is in his words, a bit of sea, a bit of sun, and a lot of preparation. Number five. When Sheffield Wednesday beat Brighton in the 2016 Championship playoff semi-final, which current wanderer got on the score sheet? Number six. In what year was the current playoff system, with two semi-finals and a final played at Wembley first introduced in the Football League. In what year? Number seven, and you might want to pause this one. Wanderers have won promotion to the Premier League twice via the playoffs. Six other teams have done it two times or more. How many can you name? There's six other teams that have done it twice or more. Number eight. Wanderers beat Preston in 2001 at the Millennium Stadium. But how many playoff finals were played in Cardiff before they went back to Wembley? And to make that absolutely clear, that's how many years of playoff finals. Number nine, there were six different nationalities represented in Bolton's team in the 2001 playoff final against Preston. Can you name a player for each one of them? shall I, shall I name them? Do you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna name the, the nationalities, okay? So there's English, Danish, Scottish, Irish, Jamaican, Icelandic. And finally, number 10, an easy one to finish us off. Before Dion Charles on Saturday, who had scored Bolton Wanderers' last playoff goal? There is all 10 questions. Um, Use the pause button. Listen to them again. I won't give you the answers until after the music. Um, Henry, I'm sure you've been uh, making notes because you've listened to that and uh, we, shall, we shall get your answers uh, after, the, after the credits. So, would, do, you, do you confident at this stage without giving too much of the game away? Um, so,
1: you challenged me before, the, before recording. You said, I think if you get more than five, you've done well. And I'm quite confident I'm going to get more than five.
0: Well... Is is Henry's confidence misplaced? Find out after the Buff theme tune, which I might fade out a little bit. I'm not going to make you listen to like three minutes of the Buff theme tune because you'll never stop singing it. (laughs) Um, But either way, either way, I want everybody who's going to Oakwell to be loud and proud. I want you to be safe as well. I want everybody that's watching in the pubs and clubs and home and fan parks or wherever you're doing Watch it. Be safe. Enjoy it. Keep your fingers crossed. Keep everything you can crossed. And hopefully we'll have another Wembley trip to look forward to. There will be another episode of The Buff. We'll be we'll be going on straight through the summer. Don't worry about us. We carry on. We've, we've, we're pressing ahead. But hopefully we'll be looking forward to a playoff final next week. Until that point. I've been Mark Plenty of Fingernails Left aisles. And I've been Henry. I'm just chilling, Hewitt. This has been the Buff. Answers coming up after the music. First, not last. It's not surpassed. It used to be a newspaper. The Buff Podcast. Not outclassed. One's on mass. Get it punched. Everyone up to the end of the game. The Buff Podcast. Right, Mister Confidence. The music's finished. Now it's time to see whether or not you really are made of uh, the trivia stuff you think you are. Right, question number one: Who are the only team that Wanderers have ever beaten in the playoff semi-final first leg? Um, I've got to say, I've, I've got to do a massive shout out here to
1: uh, I think it was uh, Burned and Aces on Twitter because he said
0: this the other day, and I wouldn't have got this if it weren't for him. Um, Ipswich Town It is Ipswich Town in 1999 I I, I fear that I may have swatted the same material as you here Henry so there we go That was the only one I've seen so uh, the rest is on general knowledge (laughs) Number 2 Glenn Burville scored the winning goal for which club that relegated Bolton into Division 4 for the first time in their history in 1987 I weren't born but this is famous isn't it Aldershot. It is Aldershot. 2 from 2 which two players scored for Wanderers in extra time when they beat Reading at Wembley in the nineteen ninety five playoff final?
1: Um, I think uh, De Freitas was one, wasn't he? True. Because uh, that kind of it, it definitely hit his chest as it went in, um, not his hand. And it was
0: Patalinen, Bolton done... Coriner's office. Excellent. Three from three. I'm starting to worry about my five prediction here. Okay, which country did Bruce Rioch take his squad to before the 1995 final for, in his words, a bit of sea, a bit of sun and a lot of preparation? Now, I don't know this one, but
1: I'm going to maybe guess, considering that he's... uh, No, I, I don't think it would have been abroad, so I'm going to guess Scotland.
0: Well, I'm afraid
1: it was Portugal oh right oh, well. spending that Premier League money early it? 100% he was
0: just getting a holiday before he went off to Arsenal if you think about it uh, yeah. cheeky bugger that's true <laughs> right question 5 when Sheffield Wednesday beat Brighton in the 2016 Championship playoff semi-final which current Wanderers got on the score sheet uh, I mean if you don't get this right uh, you're really in trouble
1: yeah I'm. Uh, I'm
0: going to say Kieran Lee you would be correct it's Kieran Lee uh, number six, in what year was the current playoff system with two semi-finals and a final first introduced in the Football League? And I should say that's that's the playoffs at the top end of the division. So the teams, for example, in League One, placed third to sixth. Yeah, so
1: if Bolton went down with a uh, fancy Aldershot goal in 87, it was definitely Correct. after that. Um, 91? Ooh.
0: Um, just to check my answers because they just fall off the screen it was 1990 unlucky it was only year uh. I was unlucky okay Wanderers have won promotion to the Premier League twice via the playoffs six other teams have done it two times or more now I forgot I'd done this question so five all of a sudden becomes very attainable um, so five sorry six other teams have gone up from the championship to the Premier League two times or more how many can you name uh, through the playoffs? Through the playoffs. Mm, um,
1: let's see now. Uh, I'm going to say the... I'm trying to think of... This is a tough one. This is a very tough one. Um, I should
0: say one has got an asterisk as well, really.
1: Mm, okay. Uh, right, who's I'm trying to... Who's been up in the playoffs? Uh, Hull? Hulla one of them. Yeah, one of them. Um, who was going I, so my immediately my thought go towards the nineties. Uh Palace?
0: Palace are the record holders. They've done it four times.
1: Have they? Wow. Um Who else would have done it? Who are perennial yo yo clubs like we are? Uh Norwich?
0: Norwich are not on my list.
1: Um right, I'm just gonna now throw out I'm gonna throw out a few more names, but these are just teams that seem to go up and down. West Brom?
0: Nope. Okay.
1: Um West Ham, they definitely have. Correct. Uh you got Wolves? two more guesses. Wolves? Nope. Uh right, final guess, uh damage limitation, um, uh,
0: Sunderland. Nope. Okay. So the list I have got, which is final and I will not be argued with, is uh, Crystal Palace, West Ham, Fulham, Watford, Hull, and Swindon. Now, Swindon had one taken away famously in the very early 90s, and then they went back up via the playoffs. Uh, They got relegated for some sort of uh, chicanery shenanigans. Um, So let's not go into the legalities Mm -hmm. of that. Swindon have got an asterisk, and they were on my list. Anyway. Mm -hmm. question number eight Wanderers beat Preston 2001 at the Millennium Stadium how many playoff finals were played at Cardiff before they went back to Wembley Um, right so we were the first one
1: um, against Preston Mm -hmm. and then I think they went back in was it 07 maybe so I'm going to say five
0: very close it was six very close you've not been far off here Henry there were six nationalities in that team against Preston, two thousand and one playoff final. Give me an example for each of the nationalities: English, Kevin Nolan, correct; um, Danish, Perth Branson, correct; Scottish,
1: Colin Hendry, oh
0: correct; Irish, Gareth Farrelly, correct. Jamaican. <laughs> oh, who knew that could have been uh, Ricardo Gardner? No, it was Donovan Ricketts. Sorry, uh, no, it was Ricardo Gardner. <laughs> um, and Icelandic.
1: Goodney Bergson.
0: There we go. He's he's got himself over the line quite comfortably there. And question ten before Dion Charles on Saturday, who had scored Wanderers' last playoff goal? Ricardo Gardner. Huzzah. One, two, three, four. Five, six. Well, you beat five. I'm going to give you a generous <laughs> eight out of ten for what you did. Congratulations.
1: Take that. We'll take that. Um, yeah, it's because uh, I was worried that he was going to be right in, in basically 80s heavy or early 90s heavy, uh, but no, you you did me a favor there. Um, yeah, I think the 2000. Well, the three playoffs at the end of the millennium, they were they were my my. They, be saying you don't know as much about football as you do when you're a child and that was my peak years of, of watching football.
0: Next week uh, we'll be doing the, a quiz specifically on the Aldershot starting 11 in the 1987 <laughs> and we'll see how well Henry does for that um, but uh, right well it's been especially extended buff there's been a reason of course hopefully you got to play along at home somehow some way and you've got all the answers you need as well Thank you very much for joining. Um, I don't think I want to do another stylised goodbye, so should we just say goodbye, Henry? Goodbye, Henry. The boy took the bait.